Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and boy, is this a fun episode. We are getting back to our off-season roots in this Thursday episode, a three-parter, part one, FC Cincinnati and MLS News. Are we supposed to be freaking out about the Apple subscription news? Let's find out. In part two, it's the return, the triumphant return of In the 11 out of the 18. And in part three, we do our best to preview and predict the Philadelphia Union match this weekend. And that's going to be your postcast. Joining me back from international duty, etc., etc., I am joined by none other than Grayson and the Chief. Let's start with Grayson. Grayson, how are the mountains? How are they treating you? Ah, uh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, and I made a great last-minute decision to do the second day in Beaver Creek instead of Vale. There you and go. I recommend. I didn't, know anyone, I, didn't, I didn't know anyone that preferred the Dayton area to Colorado. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. It's um, a nice I small think there. About it. So I think I've never been to Beaver Creek, Ohio. I actually was talking about that with a, with a friend of mine today. But um, Beaver Creek does a nice job of keeping out, like, the riffraff. Oh, um, good. It's, yeah. like, very, it's very hard to, like, park, like, walkable to it. So it's basically, like proper the people that are staying on property uh people who don't mind parking and then taking like a shuttle with all of your stuff and then people who can arrange uh a ride of some kind so like there were no lines for any lifts Mm. uh the runs were all like clear and open it was incredible i would high recommend that sounds idyllic uh and chief for the opposite experience, how how are the various airports getting home from across the pond? <laughs> so getting home was I just getting home from overseas is just a torrid experience. And what was really weird is that you get to America and the quality of service at the airport just drops off a cliff. <laughs> just we landed in Atlanta and going through the TSA in Atlanta is it's just like these are the people that failed the kindness test to work at the DMV and they get hired to be the people that guide you places and tell you what to do. And if I was somebody visiting the United States of America and my first interaction with the United States was Atlanta TSA, I would go to the kiosk and say, can you book me on a flight literally any place else than dealing (laughs) with these people right here? So I don't know if I should, I don't know if I should say this, but I think it's okay. Uh, my my sister flew in from. Uh, she did that direct uh, Paris Cincinnati flight. Yeah. Uh, last night, I think, and um, Phil Castellini Senior and Phil Castellini Junior were on her on her flight back, and apparently Phil Castellini Senior uh, Junior was throwing a fit. The entire time they were going through customs at CVG, I'm shocked. About, yeah. <laughs> well, they should have the customs agent should have asked them, "Well, where else are you going to go?" 
You're right. That's a, yeah. <laughs> so I can the, I can only assume they were in France to scout talent, right? Huh. So <laughs> yeah, I imagine French players are cheaper than yes. American players, or basically <laughs> players from anywhere else. Relocate the Reds. It's like they went to France to get a good idea on how hard people work um, currently. <laughs> so actually, the the funny story about like traveling abroad and dealing with airports and whatnot. I think I may have entered the UK illegally. Um, Do tell. So, so we flew from Dublin to uh, Edinburgh. There, I'll pronounce it right for you, weirdos. Um, no, it's it's it's, it's Edinburgh. Edinburgh. You or can Edinburgh. say Edinburgh, Edinburgh because you're Edinburgh. American. <laughs> it's Edinburgh. I do. I do. I do want to. This is not going to be out of my eighteen, but I want to say, fuck anybody from the UK complaining about pronunci- how, how you pronounce a, a foreign uh, uh, a, a city. I grew up my entire life thinking there were places called Bombay and Peking. <laughs> and then there's like, you know, like Turin, Italy, Paris, oh, yeah. France, Moscow, Russia. I mean, come on. Like, we don't make the sounds. We don't make the same sounds. And right. also, if you want us to pronounce your your... Your city's right. Don't don't spell Worcester, Worcester. Yeah. There's a Worcester in Ohio that's spelled right. Phonetics are bullshit. Um, apparently. So, so tell me more about you being an illegal immigrant. Uh, yeah, um, we flew to Edinburgh, and we got off the flight, and we started walking as people do to go get your bags. Picked up our bags, and we started walking towards the area marked customs just following everybody through this area for customs. There was a door you had to go through. So we walked through the door and there was a very long hallway we walked through that looked like it should have been staffed with customs workers. There was like turns like there were the, uh, the Disney lines, the snake lines and everything like that. There was nobody there. So we just kept walking with everybody else in the flight and we kept walking and we got to another door and we opened that door and we were outside the airport having never shown our passport to anyone shown any documentation to anyone and so we turned around and we were like should we go back and ask someone to verify anything but there was a cab right there so we just grabbed a cab and went and so yeah it was great <laughs> don't worry you we were on CCTV yeah, <laughs> yeah. clearly um, just, to, just to go back to this have, have you guys ever heard of a place called Rhodesia? In Africa? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I don't I don't want to I don't want to hear from the English complaining about what things what I call things. <laughs> <laughs> There's also just different languages. It's like when you first take Spanish or French in high school and you learn other countries' names in Spanish and French. They don't yep. pronounce the United States correctly. They have a different word for it in their language. It's yeah, where okay. The fuck is, where the fuck is Alemania? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> or uh, Nippon or whatever else. Like, come on. We just, we speak our language and it's okay. It's all about communication. If you we, understand what I'm saying, we're all good. We I could spend- say Deutschland if we wanted. Like, it's yeah. it's perfectly pronounceable for us but or barcelona but you're <laughs> gonna get made fun of <laughs> i was on a, i was on a bus one time in spain heading to the uh, tomatina festival and there were some english uh ladies and american guys talking to each other and they were talking about like they had not they had not 
they had met on the bus. So they were talking about like where they'd all been traveling. And um, the, the English ladies were like, have you been to Ibiza? <laughs> and they were like, excuse me, excuse me, what? Like, yeah, Ibiza, it's like a, it's like a yeah, beach with all, a lot of party and stuff. And the, uh, the Americans were like, oh yeah, that sounds like Ibiza. <laughs> which like they both got it like half right right but the point is like yeah i don't know you'll get there, the you'll, you'll, get get there. there. you'll get there <laughs> oh my god uh well which, Chief, is, which is all to say i highly recommend the international travel experience you just broaden your horizons and you broaden your mind and you just learn so many new words and phrases it's just it's i recommend everyone do it yeah or uh, did you protest plan- any uh, uh, retirement ages while I you were there? I did not. But you, <laughs> you uh, did you the- go to a protest and you were like, no, they should raise it to 66. I was like, you, <laughs> God damn it, you people get back to work. Um, <laughs> there were, I'll, I'll tell you this. That was a hot topic in the Delta Sky Lounge on the way out. There were people who their flights to Paris were canceled or somebody was coming back and saying that they everything that they wanted to see was closed because no one was working. And I was like, on one hand. I feel bad for you. On the other hand, boy, is that the most first world problem of all time that I am complaining in the Delta Sky Club that my trip to Paris was ruined by people striking over retirement ages. (laughs) 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 It was very much like let them eat hors d'oeuvres moment. Uh, Yeah, full credit to the uh, the French people for getting upset over a two year uh, retirement age increase i feel like in the u.s we'd be like wow what a compromise big progressive win so (laughs) (laughs) it's not not really (laughs) it's not really a two-year retirement increase for most people because you still have to get like the number of quarters worked and most people and very few people get the number of quarters worked by 62 anyway i see um I was going to say that it's not a two-year increase in the retirement age because they only work like 20 hours a week. So it's really only a one-year <laughs> increase. In the ret- but, uh, but you know what? I appreciate the hustle. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, uh, uh, nitpick. Yeah. You want to know why protesting works? Cause they throw a fit over two years. That makes the idea of 10 years just completely unattainable just not even on the table absolutely off of there uh no chief you know who could really use some advice on sneaking into the uk one brandon vasquez what I a know, transition hey, wow uh, <laughs> i know jonah and i touched on this on the monday show which again thank you to jonah for uh, extending his retirement and uh, going a full hour and 20 minutes with me on monday but um no news out of uh wherever these sorts of news items come from, uh, that Everton is among the teams interested in Brandon Vasquez these days, along with Borussia Mönchengladbach. Um, Thoughts on transferring Vasquez to championship side Everton? (laughs) Uh, It's one of those ones where I I read the news and – you don't think about Everton as like, oh, they're going to get relegated. It's still, it's Everton still has some cachet as a brand name, even though it's kind of like Forbes magazine where you hear Forbes <laughs> oh, and you just assume yes. that it has, oh, that's Forbes. That's prestigious. I've heard of that. And then you realize that like the brand got sold a long time ago 
and it's basically the bleacher report of financial news where they'll just let anyone it's like the geo sites of websites now (laughs) people forget that bleacher report has had like a real come up in the last five to six years that used to be just a spot where if you sent them an email with a word doc it would get published on bleacher report and you could claim that you were an nfl draft expert or whatever the hell you wanted to have happen on there and now all of a sudden they're hosting wrestling pay-per-views and boxing events and yeah. the u.s open cup i think too as well um, they are had the champions league for a little bit there i think I, I think i knew like six guys from the university of miami who were like who like had like uh on their social media like bengals writer for bleacherreport.com Right. (laughs) There was a Reds message board I used to post on back in the day to give you an idea of how long ago this was that banned links from Bleacher Miami University. I'm sorry. Yeah. The Miami University. (laughs) Um, The U. Uh, But no, Everton has got kind of like that, that no matter how what happens to them or what happens to the the team, it's still a brand name that I associate with. Oh, this is big time. This is Everton. Landon Donovan played there. Tim Howard played there. The Merseyside Derby. And you you get the idea that if they go down, they're not going to be down for very long. They're a Premier League side. This is going to be a temporary setback. So I... I wouldn't buy Brandon Vasquez being transferred to the championship otherwise, but Everton is a little different than being transferred to the championship. I think I can go. Yeah, along with that. I don't, I don't think Everton's going down. I just, Oh, look at the refuse, optimist on the I podcast refuse believe, here. I refuse to believe a, <laughs> a club that big is going down until it happens. Like they could be like five points out on the last day. And I'm like, no, they'll figure it out. Somebody's going to like <laughs> make a financial fair play violation or something. <laughs> but, but on it, so he's got, according to transferroom.com, he's at 11 points. He, he would need 15 to get a work visa. Mm-hmm. But the key is that he's over 10. So he can apply to the exceptions panel. Ah, uh, um, something Brenner could not do. Right. As we if discussed he, if previously. He was, if he was at nine, which is, yeah. Probably Which is where, where I had him, where, where transferroom.com had him. There was some disagreement about that, but that's not important. It's entirely moot at this point. Um, but if he got called in for like Nations League or Gold Cup, um, I think he would, I think he, that would put him over. But also, like, it's very yeah. possible that um, he would just get approved through by the exceptions panel. Yeah. Um, Isn't one of the factors a percent of national team games called up for in the previous year? Something yeah, like so that. So like right now. Right. And I don't I don't remember. I don't have that. Yeah, that ta- yeah, yeah. I don't have the table in front of me. You can find it online. Like it's it's publicly accessible, unlike most of MLS's rules. <laughs> but um, but let's say let's say he got um, signed by Everton. Okay, and loaned back for the rest of the season. A very plausible outcome is he spends the summer like killing it for us, but also getting national team call ups for Nations League, Gold Cup. And um, that easily puts him over the top for the uh, uh, work visa. Like Brenner was never going to get Brazil call ups. So. Right. I think it was more remote for him to get there, but like Vasquez is already ahead and he has a very plausible path to just 
get above the 15 he needs anyway. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I, I guess I would say is like, if Everton did go down, spending a year or a half a season in the championship and Everton's like almost certainly going to go back up. Not the worst, not the worst outcome for yeah. Brandon Vasquez. I mean, we saw how Josh Sargent struggled in the Premier League and has been pretty good in the championship. And yeah. it's like when you're when you're transitioning to a new country, a um, new league, the championship, you know, they play the ball in the air more. True, you know? true. Like it's 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 a little bit less a little bit more physical, a little less technical than the than the Premier League. Uh, but I would say on par, still a nice step up to MLS. Certainly certainly by perception. Yeah. It's a step up from MLS. Like it's a good platform for Brandon. So like I don't I wouldn't have a problem with him going to Everton or a top tier championship club where he's got promotion potential, assuming it's anything above the $7 million that we turned down from Chivas. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the good news is at least in terms of the sporting side of this, we really just need a transfer of over like a million and a half dollars for this to be, good for FCC on the sporting side because you can only convert about a million dollars of that into usable salary cap dollars in terms of GAM. Uh, uh, but think about this. Talk to me. The more money they make, the more they eat into like the loss they took on Isaac Atonga. Or the bigger or, the Brenner replacement is. Right, yeah. or the bigger right. the better replacement is, yeah. Because if you sell Vasquez for $10 million, Brenner for 13 million. You got a nice chunk of change to get the next uh, young designated player. Actually, if you sell Brenner for 13 million and Vasquez for 10 million, you come out ahead $6 million when you account for Atanga and Brenner's transfer fees. That's <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, I also don't think they're going to sell him to Everton if Everton goes down. I don't think Everton is a buyer for Brandon Vasquez going down. I think they're a buyer if they remain up would be my guess. It'd be interesting to see where their finances are because right now they they are hanging on by a thread. They need this new stadium to be finished. And I, I worry about the financial viability of that club if they are relegated. So yeah, if you're rooting for a, a Vasquez transfer to England, uh, or specifically the Premier League, you you do want to be pulling for Everton to stay up because I think Everton might disappear if they get relegated. They're they they're in a lot of debt. Uh, Hoffenheim also was in for him. Also may go down. Yes. <laughs> um, to the second Bundesliga, still probably, arguably a little bit of a step up for for Vasquez, but. Tell that to Bobby Wood. <laughs> well, well, Bobby, yeah, it's true. I mean, Bobby Wood killed it in the in the in the second Bundesliga. Former uh, FC Cincinnati transfer target Bobby Wood. Yeah, <laughs> him and Fabian Johnson. 
You know what we really need to do is we really need to get the Saudis interested in Brandon Vasquez because apparently there's a limitless pot of money and they'll just pay (laughs) scads of cash for literally anything over there. It does make you wonder what sort of like human history changing projects we could be doing with the Saudis cash or the Middle East's cash. Like they have so much cash to just burn on frivolous projects. Not to say that American sports aren't also frivolous, but the numbers being talked about for Messi, the number that is being paid to Ronaldo, um, the money that they're putting into like sponsoring a F1, you know, racetrack or whatever. It's like we could have a moon base we could have a space elevator we could we could be doing a lot of other cool stuff that uh i don't know if i was in charge of the saudi pr team i'd be doing more of those things wouldn't wouldn't the number one thing we could do to change human society also be not burning oil I mean, I, if I were them, I'd be investing heavily in solar panel technology and rare earth extraction, <laughs> anything that isn't oil, because at some point that probably runs out. In the, in the near term, there's probably an effective altruism case for Saudi to burn as much oil as, as they can, make as much money as they can, and then like repurpose that money to some end. <laughs> that I, I would I don't know what that would be. But. The ending world hunger fund. It's like guys, yeah. just trust us. Twenty fifty, we'll stop the oil, but until then, burn, baby, burn. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe don't invest in anything that melts in terms of food. <laughs> right. <laughs> no ice cream. It's gonna be a lot of hearty grains of rice. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Well, uh, I don't I don't have a, a clever transition for this one, but well, other before, SEC. Well, oh please, before you, please. Before you transition, though, our I know we took the temperature on this a while ago. The thought has been, at least in my mind, that Brenner was gone summer window. Vasquez probably gone winter window. With the, It seems like there's way more smoke lately around Vasquez than there is around Brenner. Are we thinking there's a possibility that gets inverted? That we're looking at holding on to Brenner until the winter window and that Vasquez may be the one that goes first? I really think for the sake of the locker room, you probably need to move Brenner this summer, no matter what. Like a disgruntled Brenner who's told, no, no, wait till the winter transfer window is not going to end well. And I, I that's the situation I try to avoid. Now, do you lose both? Maybe. But I think Brenner has to be gone no matter what. Well, what if you lose Brenner, Vasquez and Yerson Mascara in the summer window? You better hope you got enough money coming back to uh, pay the fans to keep showing up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You start subsidizing ticket prices. It's like, sorry, we can't buy a replacement right now, but at the very least we can, we can give you a free beer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So if I had to, if I had to handicap, and this is just based on my vibes. Yeah. (laughs) um, I would say like most likely, although, although the odds are dropping, Brenner got in the summer. Vasquez got in the winter. Second, most likely, both got in the winter. Third. Neither leaves. <laughs> no, third. <laughs> third, Vasquez summer, Brenner summer, and fourth, Vasquez summer, Brenner win- winter. A lot Who is the most transformed? 
transferable or most likely to be transferred who isn't Brenner or Vasquez? Is it Bariel? Is well, it it's, it's, it's Mascara because he's on loan. Okay, sure. I am aside because he necessarily has to go back. In terms of overseas transfer or just like any kind of transfer, even within MLS? He mean, I, think he means, I think he means out of the country. Out of the country? But I'll take within MLS if you're going to throw a, a, a can at me. But Within MLS, Matt Miazga has to be going up the list right now. I mean, what, are they, what was there was this absurd stat that they have only lost two matches since Matt Miazga was brought onto the team? I don't He's, know if there's a hall large enough within the league. They're going to give us 3 million gam for him this year. I don't the, even know if anybody has that. <laughs> you'd have to say Woboto too, right? There has to be an yeah. overseas market for Woboto at this point. It's, it's Woboto or Barial, I think. I agree. I think that I think Barial number one because he's younger and it's an attacking player. Yeah. Even though he plays, I actually think he probably um, expanded his market a bit uh, playing wing back because he's shown that he's a more versatile player yeah. than he was originally thought as. Um, Obi, because of age I and his position. Um, Not old yet. 27 right and he's a right but like not young either not young no like he's getting getting into his prime and also he's a dp like if if we're comfortable keeping him a dp that feels like another guy like acosta that like yeah like maybe you could go somewhere but i mean the guy the guy that'd be a market for is roman celentano you oh know, yeah, young, young Ooh, keeper. Yeah, like there would be a there'd be a market within MLS and outside of MLS for Roman Solentano right now. I don't think that. No, you're not like if he keeps playing at a high level for another year, year and a half, the market for him will be enormous and high level. But right now, there's any number of clubs over in Europe that would a young American keeper like Solentano with first team MLS experience that would jump all over him. Yeah, if I just if Celentano gets in a game for the national team, then I think the market for him will will jump. Yeah, but until then, I'm not concerned about 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 him for another year. Yeah, I'm not uh, concerned either. It was just the question no. was who's who's transferable yeah, yeah, yeah. right now. And I, he think, is. I think I think Barrial with the rest of his contract being just options. Um, True. I think I think I think they are like. I think that I think that I think the negotiation is happening. Like, like, what are we going to do with this guy? You know, like we can we can resign him and be happy doing that. But is is this a time for him, for him to test test his market? Yeah, and he certainly was one of those players that was brought in to be flipped to Europe. I think was the uh, the initial plan there. Um, speaking of Ob. Uh, the news this week, and I'll say the news up until five minutes before kickoff uh, last week, uh, Obi is hurt. And while we were told by Pat Noonan that the uh, the injury was not uh, terribly serious, that it was more of a precaution thing, 
uh, he sure isn't training this week for FCC. Uh, if I were betting, I'd say he does not start, let alone play in this game against Philly. Uh, how concerned should I be, Chief, of uh, Obi's newfound injury proneness? I don't know what's happening here. I would say on a scale of 10, like a five, four or yeah. five. I don't think that there's a great sense of panic at this point. I think the problem is, is that whenever you talk hamstrings, these are the types of injuries you don't want to linger, aggravate or make worse. And so I absolutely get the idea of being cautious with OB when it's a leg injury. And what's funny about it is that if you would have told yourself prior to watching the game on Saturday, um, how do you think the defense is going to do missing Obi? I don't think many of us would have had clean sheet if we would have redone our predictions as to a Wobodoless FC Cincinnati defense playing anyone, including Miami. So I think the fact that the defense played pretty well on Saturday might be a deciding factor to hold him out again for another week and really let him rest up. Whereas if it had been a, a dumpster fire, maybe he's being pushed back into service a little faster. That's my take. I have nothing to base that on other than just a gut reaction or a gut feeling. Yeah, I don't think you risk him early in the season. I'm not concerned about him being injury prone. I am concerned about this weekend. I know, and we'll, we'll talk about the game, but like, it's Philly. I know they're in the middle of uh, Champions League games uh, this week and next week. But Philly's his next man up as anybody in the league, given how they play. And they did, you know, load up a little bit in the offseason by adding some pretty good players as depth. Um, you know, I, 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 just, I just worry about their midfield versus yeah. our midfield without, without Obi out there. Um, although... I'll look this up before later in the pod, but I feel like at least one of the Philly games last year, we didn't have them. That sounds right. That feels right. Sure. <laughs> uh, well, well, we'll have an, we'll have an answer to that later, but yeah, um, I, I'm so, concerned about short term results. I'm not concerned about fact check that <laughs> I'm, I'm concerned about short term results. And given it's our home game against Philly, it's one I'd really like to have. Yeah. Um, but I'm not concerned about long-term. And I think on balance, caution is the right move. Yeah, fair. Yeah, because the, the, the disaster scenario is something happens long-term to Wobodo. As we're just talking in the last last little few minutes here about Brenner going out, Vasquez going out in terms of transfer. The, the nightmare Oof. scenario would be something also being wrong long-term with Wobodo, don't, don't do that. You know, yeah. if it's, if it's the choices holding him back another week and get him right versus an increased risk of injury this week, I'll take my chances, honestly, especially with, as, as, like I said, as well as the defense played last week, I'm, I'm willing to roll the dice one more week. If that means getting a Wobodo back at full strength. And I've seen no evidence that he's injury prone. Has he, has he had many injuries on this team since he joined other than this? No, this is, no. I believe, yeah, the so. first time he's missed any extended amount of time. He might have missed a game last year. You just get, was, uh, you get squirrely with legs. That's the only issue here. Is it's, it was, it's it was Lucho. 
it was Lucia we were missing as the first in the first That's game right. against Philly last year. And Ubota we still was, drew was in the yeah. team. Right. We still drew them. Yeah. Was that during was that during the, the silent protest Lucho era? No. No, it was a different one. Okay. No, it was um they had, the they had the long they, they, yeah. they had the long break and like somehow in that period of time he got hurt. So he missed the game against Philly, came That's out as a right. sub against Orlando. That's right. Um and was able to kind of heroically assist for the winning goal against Orlando. The silent protest era. Man, that sure was an era. <laughs> <laughs> Where were you when the silent protest of Free Lucho was going on? Uh, the the highlight of all of this that I've ever done will probably be him acknowledging that protest. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a better use for Twitter spaces, I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> I was slacktivism at its best. Um, well, hey, how, how's this for a transition? Uh, Obi's family uh, certainly doing their part in downloading and watching the MLS season pass on Apple TV because apparently nobody else is, according to unknown, unnamed, unverified, and anonymous sources on Twitter. Um, yes, this, uh, this is just fascinating how quickly i mean this was like textbook case fake news now this may very well be true to be to be clear i I don't want to pretend like the opposite is absolutely not possible or whatever um but an anonymous account said that apple was shocked at how low their numbers were and it was 40 percent of their projection or something else is equally as vague and suddenly Every Twitter account that's ever had an axe to grind with MLS is taking it as the Lord's word, as pure gospel and and preaching to their various choirs with this number. Um, I think this is insane. Apple is clearly attempting to build something here with a 10 year long deal. I feel like it would have been a two year option, eight year contract type thing. If they were truly worried about this, um, surely they knew giving away the product to the most likely customers was certainly a move. Um, I just, I find this entire discourse hilarious, just like two months into this project, uh, Chief, I don't know what what was your take. I know a lot of your favorite accounts were on this. Just the it was a it was a like a what am I looking for here for the word? It was a, a siren song <laughs> yes. for the worst parts <laughs> of American soccer Twitter to come forth and offer their prognostications of the death of MLS, which they were doing the week before anyway, and the week before that, and the year before that. It's the same cast of losers that have just been dancing on a grave that they have constructed for MLS since MLS was formed, all because their little fetish with pro-rel prevents them from thinking rationally for even a second about any of this. Um, now, having said that, would it shock anyone if this was true? Because no, <laughs> which is what makes it so believable. <laughs> like, would it genuinely shock anyone? If the numbers for MLS on Apple TV were catastrophically bad, not just like bad, but catastrophically bad. We're talking about a league that when it was on over the air and cable television was averaging 375,000 viewers 
for matches somewhere around there. Right. And I've never seen what the numbers are for Star 64 when they were televising FCC games. But it, it, it can't have been good. Um, 20,000. I don't know. But would it would it surprise you if the news came out that this past weekend's FC Cincinnati match was watched by less than 10,000 people on Apple TV? Wouldn't shock me. I mean, if you said that, I would it wouldn't be such a lo- there, the number would have to be under a thousand for me to question that you were making it up. If you walked and told me with a straight face that there were three thousand people watching that game, I don't know that I would I would be like, wow, that's low. But I wouldn't disbelieve you out of hand. So that's what's so weird about this is that I wish that there was just someone would release a number, just something to set a baseline as to what kind of conversation we're having on this, because otherwise it could be true. I don't know. <laughs> so I would not be surprised if the numbers on an individual game basis were low. And if the numbers on a subscriber basis were low. Okay. Um, I would be concerned if Apple was legitimately concerned because I would wonder what, this, this has to have been, one, a growth product because it's yes. a long-term deal, and two, a proof of concept for Apple getting in the sports market in a more meaningful way. I mean, this is like 0.06%, I think, of Apple's annual revenue that they're spending on this, <laughs> and they're looking to spend like multiples of this money on like baseball and I heard they're in for the Premier League, I guess. Um, they apparently just missed out on the Big Ten and were probably the driving force behind the Big Ten, adding a couple of California schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it's like, it just feels unsophisticated to be thinking about this deal purely on, are we hitting a particular subscriber number? Especially when the ratings MLS was getting were public and known. Um, presumably getting into the deal, um, MLS had to, had to disclose all the information about their individual, uh, like their team's individual local deals. And I know like, right. or I guess I don't know, but my understanding is that FC Cincinnati was paying for its games yeah. to be on TV. That yes, and I think Paul, Tenorio, Paul Tenorio said, that MLS clubs were spending on average one to two million dollars a year to get on TV. Yeah, uh, I um, think so, it was only Galaxy and maybe Seattle that were actually turning a profit on their local deal. So all of this stuff would have been known to Apple going into it. And then the fact of the matter is they're creating an entire network from scratch, you know, going into this first season. It just it just feels insane that anybody is actually worried about this based on what has happened the first six weeks of the first year of this deal. The first season is always going to have it's got to be a wash bumps and bruises. Yeah, they didn't even have full studios built until partway through the season. It sounds like Extra Time is finally getting a studio. What soon next week? Maybe later this week. Um, I, th- I think that. I think the I think the episode that's coming out the same day as this podcast. Well, um, if Kevin episode. gets it out in time. 
Hey. <laughs> well, <laughs> will be their first time in studio since like before the pandemic. Yeah, they did all their team previews via remote. Uh, they're but still the question, the tweaking is, the format. Yeah, but the question is, is who, which we don't have a straight answer to, is whose fault is it that all this stuff got waited until the last minute to get done? Right. If that, if if it was Apple, was a, was asleep at the switch, or there was the cause of the, of the delay, that's one thing. But if Apple was giving MLS sort of this unfettered access to do this, and things were getting done late. Yeah. and things weren't ready on time, then, yeah, you know, I buy that at some point someone talks to someone or, so you know, it's like the thing when we were growing up or when I was growing up, there was always everyone had one friend that had an uncle that worked at Nintendo, and that was the guy who told you about all the games that were coming out, and it was all bullshit. It was just something they made up. But, like, yeah, I buy that somebody's got an uncle that works at Apple, and they've seen the numbers and the people inside are, wow, that's a lot lower than we thought. And it's not panic, but it's also like, yeah, it's being talked about there. But I, I agree with with Grayson's general overall point that this is a growth product. And the big thing that everyone who wants to be mad about this or wants to be upset about this is forgetting is that the whole point of buying into the U.S. soccer ecosystem is to buy in ahead of us hosting the World Cup in 2020 uh when is it 2026 2026 so yeah so you're that's when the the if you're gonna see a jump in soccer interest in america it it jumps after world cups and we're hosting the next one so yeah if things are shitty after that maybe there's a a huge panic moment but until that happens no one's getting out of anything when it comes to u.s soccer broadcasting i can see apple being concerned about about the quality Right. I can see them saying you guys are not doing a good job producing content. Right. But that's a separate issue than like, oh, our subscriber numbers are way below what we expected. And we're going to get out of the deal, you know, right now, because that that feels that feels insane and unserious to me. It just does. Like, it just doesn't pass the smell test that they needed to hit a certain number by now. Or else they're going to be like unsatisfied with the deal. Right. It just doesn't, given given all of the context, it doesn't make any sense. And if that were truly the case, I would sell any Apple stock that I have. Because <laughs> like these people, these people right. are not running a company at this point. <laughs> right. But, Tim Apple um, is fucking this up. <laughs> but I have one one digression, and then I'll then I'll seed. Um, you talked about somebody who has an uncle at Nintendo. I went to, let's say, school with the guy whose dad is the namesake for the character of Kirby. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll just, I'll leave it at that. I've heard that story before and I'm forgetting it, but I, I do know it's a somewhat famous Nintendo story. Damn. That's pretty good. Does he um, like inhale food when he eats? Is that was it the whole? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Man, terrible table manners up at the old <laughs> cleans up at the old country buffet um you know what solves all of their subscriber problems leo messi signing with inner miami you probably sell a million subscriptions overnight uh around the world you know between argentina a- and spain but wasn't that the wasn't that the what we talked about when this whole thing was going on last year when we were talking about the mls rights deal that Eventually, if they sell to a company like Apple, which they ended up doing, 
eventually Apple's going to start having some ideas about the league. Hey, wouldn't it be great if you guys bought some more stars with all this money that we're paying you? And that's and fine. I'm fine with that's that. good. Yes, yeah. I want yeah, that. That's, that's, Please. That's fine. That yeah. would be that would make me happy if the story was MLS con- or Apple concerned about MLS subscribers and ratings attempting to force fourth DP rule on league to encourage more spending. Then you've got my attention. Now we're all talking. in on this. Yeah. Let's see how number- low the numbers can go and force this league to spend some more fucking cash. Honestly, it'd be really great to see MLS owners present business plans to Apple about why they should front the money to buy Messi so that they can turn around and sell X number of subscriptions and get more people in more countries into the Apple ecosystem. I absolutely Ooh. would buy that that is an avenue uh, for doing this. Uh, Messi, I, I wouldn't Messi want that becomes- to be... I wouldn't want that to be like, yeah, if you spend $400 million on Messi, you're going to hit a certain subscription target, right? right? Like It can't be like so narrow because then when you don't hit that subscription target oh we just wasted the money right right it has to be like you sign messy and it's part of like a bigger a bigger vision for the league right or you just pay apple back whatever percentage you miss the the subscriber targets you're on the hook for a larger and larger percentage of that transfer fee you every person every person with an itunes account is forced to download messy's audiobook (laughs) <laughs> don't give them ideas don't give bono ideas uh, <laughs> do you think that apple do you think that this deal is sufficient that apple will have a say in how the league is run going forward to some extent like is this like so okay with you just said talked about with the big tens media deal yeah it's well known that espn was orchestrating a lot of college football expansion on, hey, if you, the SEC, get this team, this school, and this school, we will make sure that your media rights deal goes up to X. Killed the Big East, yeah. Is this a case where Apple will have, going forward, some kind of influence like that on MLS? And will Apple be able to dictate the next expansion market to a certain extent? I'm sure they have a seat at the table. I don't know if they'll get to dictate, but I'm sure they get to put their their finger on the scale. Like if the the question is between, ooh, actually this becomes fun, Sacramento or Vegas or somewhere else. Actually, I could see them wanting Sacramento because Apple's like weirdly like ardently pro-California. But um uh, yeah, no, absolutely. I could see that happening. Or conversations around the another designated player increased TAM spending. Absolutely. And and Apple would certainly, given the the nature of them holding all of the media rights and largely being the main determiner of how many more dollars these teams will get, that they'll absolutely be there providing information. Hey, if you bring in X number of stars, because there is a point and I'm sure these numbers are virtually unattainable, but there's a point where MLS starts getting a larger and larger cut of the subscribers after uh, the subscription fee after a threshold. Uh, So like once Apple feels like they've made their happy amount of money, MLS starts getting a larger and larger take of this. So they are absolutely incentivized to increase subscriptions for sure. Um, But yeah, I I don't think we'll end up in a situation where Apple says, you have to do this. 
Um, I just, I just wanted, I desperately want to know what the ratings are for these games really, really badly. My guess is if I, if I had to guess just absolutely nothing, I'd say the best games are getting a hundred thousand viewers just based on the number of viewers that are no longer there on the cable program. So like all, all this whole past five, six years, MLS has averaged between three and 400,000 viewers on FS1. And they're almost a perfect 100,000 less this year. So that leads me to believe 100,000 people are probably watching on the platform instead of the other, which makes me think that the the not featured games, the not best games are probably getting 20,000 or less viewers. So that's that's my uneducated view. I know the Reds are getting somewhere in the neighborhood of 40,000 viewers a game on whatever local cable channel they're on these days. That that might be outdated by yeah. the time this comes out. Yeah. I don't even know if they're on TV right now. Chapter 7 broadcasting. <laughs> Apparently they uh, missed a payment to the Minnesota, Minnesota Wild, the one up in uh, Minnesota. Twins. So, yeah. Man, good times. Neat. <laughs> it's a healthy sports broadcasting ecosystem right now that's all i can say oh man i don't know maybe we see a price drop maybe maybe the sweet spot's 50 bucks and maybe 100 bucks was was aggressive i don't know uh all right uh that's gonna do it for the we'll call that the news roundup portion part two we're gonna do in the 11 out of the 18 and we'll wrap this up with a philly preview so in the 11 18 coming up And we're back. And I don't know why I still take those breaks, but for some reason it feels important for pacing's sake. Even though some, someday we'll sell sponsorships. <laughs> there, there may or may not be an ad there at some point. Um, no, it's been a while, I feel like, since we've been able to, to put something in the 11 and out of the 18. So, Chief, would you like to do us the honors of bringing sure. this segment back? Bringing it back. In the 11 this week is the World Wrestling Federation, or the WWE. This week, a merger announced with UFC to form a global conglomerate for both fake and real fighting. <laughs> and somewhere in the neighborhood of $21 billion is the total Jesus. acquisition cost for the WWE. The other fun news about this is that Vince McMahon, who had to step away amid allegations that he paid corporate money as hush money to multiple women who... I know that's really hot in the streets, paying it's hush money to women. interesting charge. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Odd, you know? This is a good time to point out Donald Trump is a member of the WWE Hall of Fame, but I digress. Um, so Vince McMahon back in charge of this new global super conglomerate. And I love this story on so many, re on so many levels, but it works on a real base level. And what an odd combination of the real thing and the fake thing both live under the same umbrella. And if the guy that does fake fights is running UFC, how do you trust that that has any integrity whatsoever now at this point? Right? Like it would be like, it would be like if all of a sudden the new commissioner of the NFL was the most famous scriptwriter in Hollywood. Right. It was like, like Steven Spielberg is commissioner of the NFL or James Cameron. 
And all of a sudden you're like, huh, what are the odds that the, you know, seventh round quarterback somehow ended up winning the Super Bowl this year in a bunch of overtime thrilling games of defying all odds? (laughs) (laughs) It is it is an interesting thing, especially with uh, WWE dipping their toes in or asking to dip their toes into the uh, the legal gambling uh, world recently as well. It's certainly did we we talk about that, by the way, because it's it's batshit that the plan that they floated (laughs) for this, which is unreal, is that in order to make it so that it's not a completely idiotic thing to bet on a fixed sport, their plan was that the result of the match that they would ha- they would have at like WrestleMania or whatever. Right. That the result would only be known to like the person who was the writers, so like Vince McMahon would know. Right. And then Vince would relay while the match was going on to the official who was supposed to win, who would then communicate that to the performers in the ring who wouldn't know who was supposed to win until it was, you know, two minutes remaining in the match. And then they would do the finish right then so that the integrity would be preserved and there wouldn't be word leaking out ahead of time as to who was winning and who was losing. Because you couldn't couldn't watch the money move on the lines to make sure the right outcomes happened to that, right? (laughs) You couldn't have your gambling partner say, "Ah, it'd be real nice if if competitor A were to to take a dive on this one. (laughs) So I don't have anything to add about the the leagues because I don't follow uh, wrestling or, or well, that's USC. your loss. But <laughs> did did you see the picture of Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon that was with the mustache. Yes. With the mustache. Okay, I'm going to send you guys a link. And this was the first thing I thought of when I saw that picture. Oh no, um, I can't. I can't wait for this. There's now. this guy called the called the Cleveland Super Pimp. <laughs> um, that so, is dead on the photo. So, so Super Pimp, at, the king of downtown Cleveland. The yeah, fuck is this? Yeah. So I was out at a bar in Washington D.C. one night. It was it was the Reef, which is an Adams Morgan bar. I don't know Been if it still exists. It was it's like aquarium themed, and our group started talking to this uh, wedding party that was out like the night before the wedding. And um, there was this guy who, who was like hanging around them in like this creepy suit with like, like an old guy with that mustache and the slick back hair and stuff. And he was like looking around and just like raising his eyebrows up and down and like trying to like, it's just being like really like creepy. (laughs) <laughs> and I like turned to the guy who was I was talking to the groom and I was like what is this guy he's like uh, that's my that's my uh, that's my fiance's uncle wow. he's uh, he's like an internet celebrity around Cleveland because he like got on TV at like a Cavs game one time um, but apparently he was like really popular on the website The Dirty you ever heard of that website I've heard of The Dirty yeah 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 so anyway when I saw the wow. picture of Vince McMahon I was like oh it's it's the it's the super pimp (laughs) (laughs) i'm just scrolling through photos and each one is better than the last one this is unbelievable i had to send the one i sent because it's him with uh johnny drama yeah i don't know i just i found this one this one is very i don't know what's i just love everything about this like wearing like a snakeskin suit i think 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> good. He has his own goblet. It's real nice. <laughs> Why can't we get this guy in the Bailey? That would make me happy. If... Speaking of celebrity fans. Right? I don't need the Fandalorian or any of that shit. Get me the super pimp, the king of downtown Cleveland. Oh, you're going to spoil my in the 11. Uh, Chief, what is out of the 18 then? God, I completely lost my train of thought. I got to look this. Ah. Out of the 18 is blue check marks. Um, <laughs> so uh, this past week, uh, Elon, God King, God Emperor of of social media, quietly oh. made a change at Twitter that now your blue check mark, uh, when you hover over it to see the source of where the blue check mark came from, back uh, a couple weeks ago, if you were someone that had been verified under the old system. If you hovered over the blue check mark, it would say this account is verified under the legacy system. It may or may not still be notable. Or yeah. if you had paid and subscribed to Twitter Blue, it would say when you hovered over this account is verified because it subscribed to Twitter Blue, which immediately if you ever browsed <laughs> online, if anyone with the blue check mark that they paid for got involved in a debate. Inevitably, the comeback would be some version of the meme, this motherfucker paid for Twitter. And it would shut down anything. You could have made the best point ever. You could have you solved the unified field theory. You could have invented faster than light drive. No one would listen to you because you paid for Twitter and the debate is over because you're an idiot for paying for Twitter. But now, because of this change, there is no way to accurately determine whether someone with a blue check mark had a verification or paid for their verification. And you, you can determine it. People have created uh, desktop plugins. It does take some effort, but yeah. at first glance, there's no distinguishable way. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. So somebody's got to take the effort and have the, and it only works on the website version of Twitter too. So you have to have, you have to visit Twitter on your web browser and have the yeah. plugin installed because I saw one where somebody it replaces the emoji with a clown emoji yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the check yeah, yeah. with a clown emoji but what a galaxy brain move from from old <laughs> Elon on this of oh the, my my paying customers were getting we're getting ratioed online and clowned online so what can I do to fix this oh we're just going to merge them back into the system and make it Play better for people lines. so now <laughs> as a result now that i can't be made fun of for it all of my accounts are getting verified and i'm very excited about this <laughs> i mean yeah the uh i i really liked the move from uh, elon and, and he's done this before but the um making the icon the doge dog for a good long while there uh while the news was breaking that he was facing whatever lawsuit for defrauding people of millions and millions of dollars. So if you were to type in Elon Doge, it would just come up with like the Twitter rebrand and not not so much the lawsuit news was sort of blurred underneath the uh, the SEO oh, yeah. of the, like, the icon like, change. Like Disney releasing the movie Frozen. Yes, <laughs> to hide the Frozen head stories. Uh, so yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, I do like that it, it turned like the most ardent anti, you know, blue checkmark people into their own worst enemies. <laughs> that that part is kind of funny. I I love everything about Elon owning Twitter. Like everything about this has been comedy gold. 
there hasn't been a single good decision that's been made yet somehow the website is still functioning mostly as usual right. so it does lead me to wonder is twitter completely idiot proof is the website so good did we under did we underestimate just what a good app and what a good concept twitter is that it is so good that even elon can't fuck it up despite how hard he's trying I think it's interesting that like he clearly or maybe this is my own bubble, but it, it sure felt to me that the majority of users did not want him to own it and he owns it. And I'm trying to think of another situation where like the majority of the users of the product are now customers of like their worst enemy. Like I'm trying to the I Cincinnati I, Reds. I guess it's the Cincinnati Reds, or or in some ways it's Latin owning his his rival football club is has got to be up there. But like, yeah, just like, like the, the, I feel like it's Star, that's Star Wars fans. <laughs> that's a good point. Like Star Wars fans like hated George Lucas for a while, and now they hate like Kathleen Kennedy. Kathleen Kennedy, yeah, enemy yeah. number one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. That that part of it, that dynamic is very funny to me. Um, if if there was, like, some way that people were, like, doing a George R.R. R. Martin, like, write the next book, like, <laughs> platform, right. and he was just taking pictures <laughs> of Jets games and on his vacations, <laughs> and everyone was just screaming at him all the time, like, finish the fucking Winds of Winter, <laughs> like, that, that would be... I think comparable. Yeah. Or uh, whoever wrote the Twilight books, whose name uh, is escaping me right now. Susan Meyer. Don't, don't, Stephanie Meyer. Stephanie Whatever. Meyer. Put don't, her in charge of the remainder. Put her in charge of the remainder of the uh, the Lord of, or the uh, the Game of Thrones books. Like, <laughs> take oh, it from you know, here. <laughs> you, know who, you know who should do it is Joanne. JK, JK Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> We Just trust you with it, a fantasy novel. Yeah. <laughs> I like how she's creating like a whole remake miniseries because Daniel Radcliffe supported trans rights. She's like, <laughs> I need to get, I need, I need new kids now. <laughs> You're canceled. I'm canceling the cancelers. Oh God. Uh, Grayson, would you like to put something in and out of your 18 and or yeah. 11? Yeah. So in my, in my 11 is I, I'll go with the CVG. Okay. Um, a, a lazy dig at our airport is that it's in Kentucky. Okay. Fair. I can drive to that airport from my house with no traffic in under 15 minutes. It's pretty nice. Right. I can park in the garage. I can check my bag and I can get into the Delta lounge within like 10 minutes from when I leave my car. It's kind of glorious. It's pretty nice. Like I was in four airports last week. None of them were, were close to that, to that level of speed and convenience. Um, The Delta lounge at CVG, really big. Um, The Delta lounge at Denver's airport feels like I'm in a refugee camp. <laughs> like, like you're, well, it's it's Denver's airport in general is 
in one of the most what is it that there have you read you the river? Walk, you have to walk like all the way around the airport to get to the pre-check. Well, yeah, because yep. it's it's built on a Masonic temple or like some satanic ritual site. There's like a huge conspiracy theory yes. about the, the underpinnings so of good, the Denver airport. So many good conspiracy theories. There's a mural that is apparently uh, explicitly pro-Nazi. If you uh, if you look at it a little closely, the famous horse statue killed its maker in being installed. The satanic horse there, and apparently yeah, it's the apparently runway apparently looks like a swastika. Yeah, and apparently it's a uh, it's one of the bunkers of refuge for like the world's elite and or our government of some yeah. kind. So that it's supposed to be a uh, one of the well, main meetup spots if everything goes to shit. So <laughs> I don't know. Like I feel like CVG is like a really convenient airport. It's uh, fairly uh, efficient, roomy. You know, like shockingly roomy. Yeah. And <laughs> maybe even unfortunately roomy. But <laughs> yeah, I don't. I it's don't, getting a skyline, too. Finally, yeah. they're getting rid of the gold star, which was always a big problem I had that we are exposing people to the worst variety of Cincinnati chili. If that's their <laughs> only opportunity to eat it. I don't I don't care that it's Kentucky because I think states are fake. And, you know, like <laughs> how many millions of people say they live in New York and they live in New Jersey and Connecticut? Or the yeah, Denver airport's great. The Denver airport has to be further away from Denver than the Cincinnati airport in Kentucky well, is so from like, Cincinnati. Certainly by time. Yeah. Right. And that's that's true with like with like most airports. Whereas so, like even if they are distance close like even if LaGuardia is like by distance closer to midtown Manhattan. Right. It's so a lot quicker to get from downtown Cincinnati to CVG than it is to get from LaGuardia, LaGuardia. to, to like wherever you're going. It's so there should there should be some sort of a federal law, right? That all airports must be connected by some form of mass transit to the city center that they service. But that's that seems like something because that's like the real bullshit about CVG. That's the and main argument. I, like yeah. we were talking about this on the Pride Discord, I think earlier this week or someday is that the idea of flying somewhere where you are immediately forced to rent a car or get an Uber from the airport because there is absolutely no, Hey, I can just hop on a train or hop on a tram or hop on something that takes me to downtown where my hotel is statistically likely to be if I am visiting this city for the weekend. And it's amazing, like what a disqualifier that is for travel when you're looking for something to do for the weekend. Like if I'm just like, okay, I got the weekend off. The wife's got the weekend off. Let's see where a cheap flight is and go somewhere and, and do something. Or even like I'm going to do an away day for FC Cincinnati. Yeah. The away days I want to do for FC Cincinnati are the ones where I can get to the airport. I can get to downtown and I can get to the match and not have to rent a car or spend a hundred, two hundred dollars on Uber. That just that is such an annoying extra just slap when it comes to travel, is when you get where you're going, and then all of a sudden it's like, well, you're stuck here unless you, you know, get some sort of a car service or something like that. So if if Joe Biden is listening to this, <laughs> I know he's a big fan. Um every city, every major city, just just pay the federal money to build 
for even the cities that don't have one already, just, you know, suck it up, pay the federal money and run like an airport train between CVG and the banks or CVG and Union Station or some shit like that. Just get it done. Yeah. I'd, I'd even take a rapid bus line, you know, if it was every 10, 15 minutes going, you know, uh, let's just let's get something. Let's get something going. Um, Grayson, out of the 18. Out of the 18 is. Uh, do you guys read about this Kings League? Or I'm sorry, I... the official the officially known as the Kings League info jobs. I uh, just read about this because of a bizarre headline that I read. And I thought I knew I I was like, you know, there is nothing that the Kings League can be that would throw me off. And uh, I was thrown off. (laughs) So. I so. um, This could this this could have been a reading series. It's not going to be. There could have been a soccer blog book club. It's not going to be. But this, I saw this in New York Times. The headline is Gerard Piquet has seen soccer's future. Right? That's bold. And it's it's the most, like, divorced guy article you could possibly, like, imagine. <laughs> where, so, Gerard, it's, it's like Gerard Piquet turned 40 or whatever. Maybe he's not 40 yet. But it does, but it reads middle-aged yeah. like it reads like midlife crisis the entire article because it's about like how gerard Piquet got in these businesses and it's like uh serrare he put the the i don't know what it is like the soccer oh. nft thing or whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um socios no serrare it's, uh, it's the thing Sorare. that everybody every time i okay. post who's available this weekend i get retweeted and liked by like a hundred Sorare accounts. Oh, okay, okay. The okay. people that are like, "Oh, we do MLS Sorare," and it's all the people that get to show up in Laura's Laurel's mentions. Like, <laughs> like is is Wobodo going to play this weekend? <laughs> um, and then he got into like, um, uh, what was it? Um, oh, he put a he put a soccer team in Andorra. Yeah. Um, and. He- had like a balloon oh, volley, an e- yeah, and he got an esports team. Yeah, okay, but the other, but the other thing he did was he, oh, and then uh, Shakira wrote a song about him, uh, cheating on her, cheating on her, and it's like there's a lyric in it that's like, uh, um, he traded in a, uh, a Ferrari for a Twingo. So then he yes. bought like a Twingo and rode it, drove it into the uh, uh, training facility. Like he's just he's just being incredibly divorced. There's no way to describe it. So he started, and and he's like too old to be involved in all the stuff that he's in, right? Like he's yeah. just having like a crisis. So he started this like league for like TikTokers and Twitch streamers, where it's like gamifying seven aside soccer. Yes. <laughs> Where um, every team gets to have like a secret player that shows up and plays like in a mask. Um, they yep. get like power ups and boosters. They have a deck uh, of cards game. that they get to draw yeah. from yeah. that has special powers. And the, some of your uh, powers can be taking the other team's powers. Pe- uh, people vote on the rules. The yes. rules are like always changing. Um <laughs> So this is just pro wrestling soccer. 
Yeah. Basically. It's <laughs> um, it's almost more like Mario Strikers soccer. It's they've like, ne- they've barely been around and already been accused of match fixing. Of <laughs> Which, of course. <laughs> of course you on. have. I was just like, man, no. But apparently they no. also sold out the Bernabeu, or uh, no, sorry, Camp New, uh, like last weekend for, for one of these games. Yeah, but that... This is bad for the world. This is bad. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like when you go to YouTube and like there's like a thousand videos that are like somebody like like making just like a like a cartoonish cartoonish like like how every every video is like somebody just like with cartoonish reactions and stuff and it's all made for yeah. like 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 just like constant stimulation without like regard to like any type of like quality or like appreciation or just like or peace of mind. Like, I we don't can know. name it, names. The Mr. All of Mr. Beast. Yes. Yeah. Like all that, all that stuff. And I just, it's, I think it's, I think it's bad. I just think it's bad. No, I'm and into I it. This, no, I'm, I'm into it. I like this. It's, it's got very much. How do you do kids? Fe- fellow kids vibes of, we need to get more young, that. more young people and video gamers and you twitchers and TikTokers and, you people Did with you your ever, Super Nintendos and your play boxes and shit like that. You, we got to get them watching sports. How do we do that? Power ups. <laughs> Did you ever see that Down to Earth with Zac Efron show? No. no. So it's about Zac Efron traveling with his buddy, and like they're like Zac Efron is like older than he's acting for sure in the show. Okay, but his buddy is like, bruh, you know, they just. And his buddy, like, they look at this guy and you're like, you're in your 50s. Oh, no. <laughs> you're in your 50s and I bet you tweet with emojis. <laughs> like, you're like, you're texting people like, so. Yeah. And like doing like, uh, like, like crying emoji and stuff. And I'm like, man. Oh. Like, I, I know you're on TV and I'm not, but like, you don't have any sense of self. Right. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, I I love that uh you came across the Kings League. I think I think it's impressive that the New York Times went ahead and called it the future of soccer. So that's good. That bodes well for yeah, the, the sport. failing New York Times. <laughs> well, to we transition. Are overdue, we are we oh. are overdue for a new sport though. I think yeah. I think esports is that. That's I not just sport. think I just think the rest of us haven't caught up. Man, it outdraws MLS, I'll tell you that much. Well, I mean, a lot of shit outdraws MLS. That's not a I, great comparison. I I feel pretty confident that your average E-League, whatever, some of your top-tier leagues, are outdrawing everything but the NFL. Like, yeah. They get millions of views, and there are just, so many professional teams. I'm, I'm just saying that if you look at all the popular sports that are on television, they're all old as dirt. What was the last like real new sport that has been po- that's been popularized? I guess it's pickleball. But like, nobody watches pickleball. Yeah, I guess. Cornhole, cornhole outdraws them all. Oh. Every every new sport, every new sport that comes, I'm like, oh, this looks fun, and then I watch it for like 20 minutes, forget about it, like chase tag. 
<laughs> Slam balls coming Slam back. Balls Slam balls coming ball. back. I was about to say. <laughs> <laughs> Invest heavily in ACL surgery. All yeah. right, Kevin, what's in year 11? Concussion doctors. Um, no, very much uh, in the theme of 50-year-old men or even older. Uh, in my 11 is backgammon. I recently got some shit for playing backgammon. Gentlemen, I don't know if you've ever played backgammon, but I've recently gotten into electronic backgammon. And uh, let me tell you, there's a reason why that game has had staying power for 2,000 years. It's very fun. I quite enjoy it. This is, I understand, a very lame in the 11, and I'm fully embracing that. But um, backgammon it's in was my the, 11. No, backgammon was always the last game sitting on the shelf for indoor recess. Yes. <laughs> Nobody wanted to play backgammon. You, you got stuck with backgammon if somebody else had guess who. Yeah, guess who? Checkers is coming off the board first. Even chess probably gets looked at before backgammon. Um, backgammon's in that, that category of games like Chinese checkers, where I'm aware that it exists, and you could tell me any rule set that you can think of, and I would just go with it because, <laughs> sure, that sounds about right. It's good. For me, backgammon always existed on a uh, a plane of existence uh, with cribbage, which is a game that I should probably know how to play. Enough people in the world know how to play it, but I have no clue how to play cribbage. And I've tried to teach myself a couple of times and it's it's not worked out well. But this is the best part about backgammon ending up in my 11. And this tells you it is certainly nature versus nurture or both, I guess. Um I'm telling my brother about backgammon being uh, a new thing that I've gotten into. Turns out he owns a handcrafted, hand-carved wooden backgammon set that his friend made for him. And it was gorgeous. And we played. And it was my first time playing on a physical board. And I got to say, I beat him. So way into my 11, backgammon. <laughs> I did learn a gaming fun fact when I was across the pond. And when I say gaming, I mean old school, like backgammon yeah. style board game fact. Um, Kevin, you probably already knew this. Uh, chess invented where? I believe Iran. India, I thought. India. Okay, okay. And uh, prior to being, um, we'll say medievalized with the introduction of the clergy on the board, uh, the bishop in the original game was an elephant. Son of a gun. Bring back the elephant. Yeah. <laughs> that's way more fun. Yeah. That's my fun. That's, there's your fun fact that I learned at the, the, the British Museum. The greatest uh, crime scene or the largest crime scene in the entirety of the UK. <laughs> <laughs> it's only theft if it's small scale. Large every, scale, every, it moves into something else. <laughs> every single plaque at the British Museum includes something to the effect of uh, the local population has asked for this back. A conversation <laughs> is ongoing. <laughs> the conversation is primarily just a series of screaming no over no. and over again. But <laughs> or, or a very paternalistic, when you can prove that you know how to behave. <laughs> right. Oh, that's those are my favorites. Oh, God. Uh, out of my 18, just to just to wrap us up here, I'm sure, Chief, you'll have some takes here. Out of my 18 is the name image likeness deals in college sports. And 
the very specific reason for this. Um, in general, I have no issue with these. What I am having an issue with is the fact that universities have now outsourced paying their employees' salaries, that it is now on the donors of the university or donor adjacents to the university adjacents are now, it is on them to pay the salaries of these employees, these, these people who go earn these universities millions of dollars with a almost threat of if they don't, they won't have athletics to cheer for anymore and that their their school will be irreparably harmed. Uh, this was inspired specifically by the University of Michigan's NIL collective, which, of course, these now have to be collectivized and standardized. And there's now boards that run these collectives and, and collection plates uh, that their intent is to pay a $40,000 a year salary to every University of Michigan football player. Uh, that is their long term stretch goal. And again, this should be paid for by the university out of all of the millions and millions and millions of dollars that they are getting off of the labor for these employees. This is tipping culture run amok. And so out of my 18, I've got no problem with people getting paid for their name, image, or likeness, to be clear. But this setup, not cool. Not cool with me. I think you're right. But on, on I think you're right in, in principle. But Thank you. Um, I'll take the, it. The... <laughs> But I think, but I still think it's better than what existed before. That's true. That's and, true. Um, the big argument that the NCAA is trying to push on this is that it's going to destroy parity. That you know, the, the couple of top schools are going to hoard all the players with the with the best NIL deals, and it really seems two years in to have done the opposite. We just had it, the NCAA tournament with no top three seeds in the Final Four. Um, yeah, Alabama missed the college football playoff this past time. Yeah, um, last year there was a ton of upsets. I haven't done the, I haven't done the you know work to see like who's getting nil deals on all these teams and how it's being done. But like anecdotally, you have Nick Saban complaining that it's harder to recruit against Texas A and M now because Texas A and M has um, nil. Right. They're better at nil than Alabama is. Let's, you, know? you look at Georgia is now in the ascendancy. Oh, that's shocking. They have more metropolitan areas to draw on for high earning alums than maybe the state of Alabama does. Yeah, I, I think that your complaint is on point, um, Kevin. But I think the issue really with these NIL collectives is it is an attempt to solve a problem with NIL. And that's namely that on a given team, like you take a football team, for example, the University of Michigan football team, the wide receiver is going to make a shitload of NIL money. The quarterback's going to make a shitload of NIL money. The reserve long snapper isn't going to draw a dime. Right. So it's attempting to democratize this idea of everybody on the team makes money to try and get away from this idea that only the superstar athletes will be able to monetize. Cause like objectively speaking, the, um, the top talent are the only ones that have real name, image and likeness value. So with the collectives, it's this idea of, well, they'll still be able to go and sell themselves for real value elsewhere, but we're trying to make sure that everybody gets paid under this system. 
uh, except for as opposed to just the people who are the real breadwinners, so to speak, in terms of like brand names within college athletics. Yeah, I still think this ends up with college sports fully professionalizing and therefore competing with professional sports, because if I am a donor putting in millions of dollars into a collective that's paying these guys salaries and I only get them for four years, why can't I have them for five years, six years, seven years, eight years? Like, why does my Desmond Ritter have to go fail in the NFL? Why does he have to go be a backup? Why can't he dominate college football for 10 years? I'm putting millions of dollars into this. And if the NCAA is the only thing saying that these guys have to be enrolled or these guys have to be there for so many years, leave the NCAA. We have all of the money anyway. The bowl system isn't a part of the NCAA system anyway. Keep college basketball with the NCAA if you have to. But... I see this as inevitably breaking away. And if it creates a B tier to the NFL, fine. But I am telling you, you start pulling all of this money and all of Alabama's donors and all of Georgia's donors, they'll compete with the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons in terms of salary. And they will be able to pull talent back into their orbit. So at the risk of, at the risk of, you know, creating a tangent that I don't want to explore. <laughs> um, if there was ever going to be like a viable second, like lower level leagues. Yeah. Professionally. Cause like I would argue college is, is a viable that? lower. Is, yeah. is that, but um, if there was ever going to be like a pro pro rel kind of structure, or like viable, viable lower level leagues, you would have seen it in football or basketball where there are a lot of American basketball players, for example, right. who are like just behind NBA players. Right. And as good or better as like pros in any other country in the world. And they have built in fan bases because they played in college. Right. And there's just never, there's just never been the market for that. Like it's, I, it's always been like you're either in the top league. Right. Or you're making $15,000. So but, who who is oh god. So who is going to be the first MLS team to form an NIL collective <laughs> to get around MLS salary cap rules? Like what if what if the supporters are, what if the, what if the Timbers <laughs> army decided they were going to form an NIL collective where if you sign with the Timbers as a on a TAM deal no, we'll make sure that you get some extra money, that's, even though you're not a DP. That's the piece. You have to be like, anybody getting league minimum will get double their salary if they sign with FCC. So you're guaranteed your floor is the best floor. So you're <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's a viable target, right? So the the eight guys making $80,000 are now making $160,000. And if you have your choice of all of these teams have the same pay structures, but there's one <laughs> that will pay you behind behind your back under the table double, you're gonna go with that one. That's um, gonna be that's gonna be our problem with like that's the biggest obstacle to keeping Joe Burrow. Yeah. It's not like can we pay him on a salary basis like a top quarterback. Right. That's easy. Is is he gonna get state farm commercials? 
And is Green. Cincinnati a marketable, marketable enough I mean, I team? Think, I think so. Like, I, think, I think he will get commercials. But Fucking Baker something... Mayfield was on TV in every other right. commercial. And he was playing in Cleveland. I'm sorry, I agree. Buccaneers <laughs> legend Baker Mayfield. I agree. I agree. It's just something I keep in my eye on. I, I have this thought, but the, the European soccer breaks it for me, which is if you have a salary cap, it inevitably boosts the – better markets better markets quote unquote so like if if all of mls can only pay gareth bale two million dollars then he'll pick the best team or the best market but if there's no salary cap then rsl can pay him 10 million dollars and get him and everybody else can't so in some ways it democratizes the sport but then european soccer teaches me that no salary caps fails at some point and i don't know what that balancing act looks like and it's well, beyond my it's, pay grade but like lefc can only pay one gareth bale two million dollars right if there's another player he has to go somewhere else if he wants two million dollars i see so it spreads the talent around yeah, like you can't have yeah, yeah. renoso and acosta on one team right fair Maybe that is. Maybe I was looking at it all wrong. <laughs> I just, I just can't wait for supporters groups to form nils. I'm really looking forward to this. I, I feel this like is, we should is... bleep that entire section and start doing it ourselves <laughs> until MLS figures it out. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Join a supporters group. It's our way to to winning a cup. Okay, uh, that's going to do it for in the eleven out of the eighteen. We're going to wrap this up very quickly with a Philadelphia preview slash prediction. I say preview. We have very very little to offer preview wise, but we'll have some predictions uh, and that'll be your postcast. So let's get to that. And we're back and we're talking Philadelphia. It is this weekend. Philadelphia is coming off a one nothing victory over Liga Mekis side Atlas uh, this midweek. FC Cincinnati has only ever beaten Philadelphia once, but boy, was that a fun one when we did it? Uh, last year, we split the series with a win, a loss, and a draw. That loss, of course, uh, the one that mattered. Killer, <laughs> killer in the playoffs. Um, Chief vibes going into this one. Vibes are good. Yeah, vibes are good. How do you how do you not have great vibes when you're one of the only undefeated teams left in the Eastern Conference? Um, Although I will say I the vibes are tempered by the fact that I feel like we're getting a little over our skis on this idea of being in first place. It's exciting. People need to fucking cool it a little bit with that because you are tempting <laughs> the sports gods who are real when you crow about being in first place in April in a season that's going to last until November or December. So um, you disagree with our Invincibles question mark graphic? Yeah, I really do. And I wish we'd stop fucking posting that. Um, to, to be to be clear, and I'll, I'll, I'll offer a peek behind the curtain here. That is Jonah. Every time you see that graphic. Maybe we need to change the password for the account just for a little bit. Just saying. Um, vibes are good. I do buy slightly the idea that. There's only so many times you can say they're winning while they're not playing their best soccer before you start <laughs> to start asking, well, is this their best soccer? Is this it? <laughs> so I, I keep waiting for this team to flash another gear on offense and they just haven't so yeah. far. And until they do, I, I just I'm not going to 
predict that it's coming. I'm not going to be one of those people that are going to say, well, surely this is the week we're going to score three goals or four goals. So the vibes are good. But if you're asking me to predict this game, I just I, I have a tough time seeing this as anything other than like a one one draw. Yeah, is what feels right in this space. I just until they show me they can score more than one goal in a match. I'm just not going to believe it can happen. Uh, FanDuel really appreciates me being that guy going, this is the game. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go, baby. (laughs) Grayson, uh, same question to you. Vibes going into this one. I, you know, I, I, I agree vibes are good, but I've, I've seen all but one of the games. Okay, good. You know, I still haven't still haven't seen it from us. Um, I, I I'm going to assume we're not going to have Ob. I think that I think that yeah. really hurts us. Um, and uh, I still haven't seen enough from Angulo, yeah, and or uh, Pinto, who have both been fine in different ways. Yeah. Um. For me to think that 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 that's a good enough replacement in the midfield, um, and I know Philadelphia is has a short week because they played uh, Champions League this week. They're going to play Champions League again next week. Yep. But you know, like Uwa didn't play most of the game on Tuesday. Um, I know that they played a lot of their other starters, but I just don't see Philly as a team that is going to struggle that much with rotation. Yeah. Uh, given how they play, given the size and depth of their roster. Um, so I'm just not buying that that's going to hurt them that much. Yeah. And we did struggle with Orlando when they were in the same situation. And Orlando is not as good as as Philly in my view. Technically so, Orlando's above them in the tables. So I know. maybe they are better. <laughs> maybe. Um but I don't think I don't think Philly is their is their record right now. Yeah. And I won't think that until we've got a whole season like this. <laughs> that's fair. Philly um, did lose to Miami two nothing earlier this year, so yeah, that's yeah, anything I, to take. Again, it. I I know all these things. <laughs> um, I know Philly hasn't been great this year. I I'm know trying to push the narrative the that Philly's bad, obviously. Um, but what I'm trying to do is justify my prediction. <laughs> oh, because every I see. time I've made a prediction like this, we've won. So I'm going to so hit me with that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going with a two to one loss. Wow, the non-believer. Chief. Just told you he's trying to do the reverse jinx right here. So. I understand. I still got to give him shit to <laughs> convince the the soccer gods, the sports gods that we're doing our part here. Uh, Chief, are you going to go out on a limb and and predict a victory here? Yeah, one one draw. It just one, I don't draw. I I just I if they keep two clean sheets in a row without Waboto, that's genuinely impressive. Then and we sell him. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he goes he's to unnecessary. He's unnecessary. We've clearly proven that if we can do it without him. Uh, 1-1 draw. If this team scores more than one goal, I will be incredibly pleasantly surprised. And maybe I'll start revising what my thoughts later on down the road. But 
They got to show me first. Well, then, listen to this dumbass. Two to one victory, baby. Come on. Why not? It's Philly. Is this a rivalry game? I'm going to say no, but maybe. Uh, I feel like it has to be on some level. Um, yeah, if, there's, if there is a game for these guys to, uh, to finally kick it into high gear and be told they have to do it right this time, this might be the one. Pat Noonan's probably awful in training this week. Um, yeah, I could, I could see us putting it all putting it all together here if you if you want my alternate prediction my alternative prediction it's that they win one nil but the goal scorer is nick Hagland. right is not who we want it to be and we get another week of it wasn't pretty but they got the job done yeah i am uh i i am absolutely predicting a uh uh malik pinto and a uh marco angulo are our two goal scorers here yeah. and and angulo with an own goal how about Pinto, that gonna have to sit, sit in the box one time first <laughs> they'll get there they'll get there uh this was a question i posed to jonah uh and i'll throw it to you guys obviously Wobodo is out this week if you are in charge of the lineup this week, I don't care about future prospects. I don't care about who's got the, the larger transfer fee ahead of them. This week, you got to win. I don't know. Let's put that pressure on it. You're putting Angulo, you're putting Pinto in that spot. Grayson. Man, I'm, I'm going to put, I'm going to put it, I'm going to put it in Pinto. Um, yeah. And I'm just going to say, but I'm going to plan to sub him. For for Angulo, you know, like in the tenth minute, or early, <laughs> early, early, early second half, if not halftime, depending on how the first half goes. Um, I just think you see what the game, see what the game gives you, mm-hmm. and I think Pinto was very much uh, like we're going to play conservative to start and see what is available to us throughout the game, see how the game uh, develops. And um, I think he's less likely to make some game changing, you know, trying to do too much catastrophic error in the 15th minute that puts us down one nothing and we get to throw the plan out the window. I think the longer we go without going down, the, the more the game is going in our favor. Yeah. Chief, same I- question. I want to disagree, but I can't. I just, I didn't think, I don't, I was not on, I didn't send in my minute like Grayson did because I was passed out. Um, 23 hours on a plane does things to a man. Um, <laughs> or 23 hours of travel. I just didn't think Angulo was very good. Like beyond the almost giving up a PK, just it. nothing about what Angulo did was impressive. I didn't think he looked, you know, I don't think he looked the part of an MLS regular which I, yeah. you know, I get he's a reservist, but I give Pinto a run. I think you give Pinto the run with the same idea that they had with Angulo, where if this is bad, get him the hell off the field at halftime. You've got to be ready to do that. But yeah. let's see what Pinto has. That, that would be my my request. Yeah. I think for me, it comes down to the weather because I feel like Angulo has only played in the worst weather games so far. And as a, a man that has only played in Ecuador and around South Af- uh, South America in uh various competitions i feel like he'll be better when it's not freezing cold out and raining and awful um 
So yeah, that'll be my that'll be my prediction. If it's awful weather, give it to Pinto. If it's good weather, I want to see what Angulo can do. See if his passes can't make it all the way to their target every time he hits it. I do want Angulo to get his chance next to Obi. Yeah. that's just not gonna be this weekend. Yeah, I do think that because yeah, uh, Grace, I believe you pointed this out in the Discord as well. He's coming for Acosta and he's coming for Obi. And I really do feel like that's unfair to him that he would probably shine much better with the other two good midfielders on this team and he can fill whatever void is left there. So, um, but yeah, chief to your point, he's looked a little rough the first, first couple of times we've seen him. Not good. So, Not good. um, but yeah, well, he'll, he'll grow into it, right? He'll grow into it. Um, little cool. Marco. Well, well, that'll do it for the uh, for the postcast. Yes. So thank you. You've made it this far and uh, we've got the team back. So well done us. We 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 did it again. <laughs> Fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.